The Green Country. Core Ideas. The Great Weald. The nature and untamed wilds of the green country are vast, fecund, and timeless. Most of the settled areas of the land are located near to the edge of the forest where it meets a country of rolling grasslands. While there are a number of smaller towns and settlements deeper in the wood, the further one travels into the great weald, the fewer signs of civilization one sees. An exception to this is a number of far-flung fox dens spread throughout the wilds. Some such habitations are so disconnected from the main network of towns and hamlets, their existence is nigh unknown. Additionally, some Faisilf lords at times choose to moor their floating fortresses out in the weald, high above the forest. Even so, they generally have little contact or concern with the world below. Within the Great Weald are a multiplicity of different biomes, wooded mountain ranges, forested marshlands, river country, deep gorges, and high meadowlands with sparse growth. There are dry, creaking forests where little light falls, immense waterfalls, and elder groves of towering ancient trees. While there are certainly natural resources to be found in the wilds, the relatively small population of the kingdom warrants little venturing out in search of them. Additionally, many areas of the land are nigh impassable given the density of growth and harsh terrain that abounds. The great weald is, to civilized folk, an undiscovered country. That said, there is plenty that unfolds in those vast and unkempt tracks which is worth chronicling. The Green Taken It is known in the green country that the forest is life. Speaking generally, the folk of the country regard their land with affection. It is not uncommon practice among many commoners to leave offerings to the spirits of the wood. Some with a spiritual bent make habit of engaging with the forest as a kind of meditation. One extreme form of such communion is known as being green taken. The essence of the nature of the green country invades, is welcomed, is invited, or is beseeched in a moment of desperation to enter the physical body of a person. There then takes place a transformation of form so that the person begins to become part plant, sharing in the life of the forest itself. It is rare this transformation happens without consent or beckoning, and in the case that it does, it is usually the forest's way of neutralizing a threat to its existence. The change is gradual and can be resisted, so such occurrences are far and few between. Once one is green-taken, though they may have allegiance to a house, guild, or family, in part they are forever sworn to the forests of the green country, for they share in its very existence. Some pursue this transformation as a kind of spiritual initiation and welcome it humbly as an honor. Others, ill, infirm, or elderly, turn to the great change as a means to bargain for greater health, strength, or longer life. And some, wounded in battle, who lay in their final moments on the forest heath, mumbling words of prayer for their lives, awaken to find themselves different, altered, a green memory of their former selves. Depending on the severity of wounds sustained to a person at the time of their taking, there may be very little of the original person left over. 
if none at all. Such folk often become the forest's soldiers. Among the different houses, the Faisilf are unable to partake in this union due to their Fey ancestry. Foxes are sometimes green-taken, though it is quite rare for their people. As predators, they have little dietary communion with the world of plants, and this divide makes it hard for the green to find purchase in most fox folk, willing or otherwise. Still, it has been known to happen, and green-taken fox are rumored to be exceptionally powerful, possessing supernatural abilities. Cluricon folk, though being the green country's newest inhabitants, have a unique relationship to green-taking. Being ever methodical and scientific in their ways, they have developed an order among their alchemists who take the green as a means to better know the vast and varied plants which populate the surrounding woods. This school of alchemy has allowed the Cluricon to produce some of the finest and most potent plant medicines, concoctions, and elixirs anywhere in the land. All things live and die, and the green taken are no exception. Before death, though, a final change occurs within the green-taken individual, wherein their body surrenders to the verdance within, and they are overtaken by the forest's essence. Where there was once a body, one now finds a tree, a bed of blossoming flowers or stout shrubbery bedecked with bright berries. Such transfigured beings are marked by a subtle luminescence, exuding a gentle golden light. Amongst all the folk of the green country, it is well known that to disturb or wound such growth is to ensure ill fortune for the rest of one's days. The Fae Sundering The original Fae people of the green country were sprung from the very wilderness itself, and these folk remain to the present day, the spirits of the lost house. They were born from the ancient stones, whispering trees, and singing streams. The Fey Sundering describes the breaking of the Fey people into two distinct groups, the Faisilf who have chosen a closer relationship to the other peoples of the green country, and those of the lost house, the wild Fey, who are forever sworn to nature. The split happened gradually, and eventually the Fey coalesced into two very separate groups. It is uncommon for there to be bad blood between the people of the lost house and the Faisilf, though their relationship is somewhat estranged. The Faisilf, who thirst after culture and domestic life in all its forms, have little reason to speak with their ancestors. Still, there are occasions when the two people must come together for a common purpose. Even more rare, there are Faisilf who have tired of the noise and busyness of the rabble and choose to return to their ancestors in the Great Weald. The Great Treaty of the Red Summer for thousands of years, the forests of the green country were a rough and lawless place. The fox and elfin peoples warred constantly, vying for land and resources, but more so fighting out of an entrenched, dogmatic hate of one another. The Faisal folk regarded the elfin and the fox with equal disdain, seeing them as coarse and given to petty disputes and general tastelessness. As these three powers grew over the millennia within the green country, ever-present were those peoples and spirits of the forest itself. Alien, silent, timeless, and preeminent, these forces presided over the lands and peoples in their subtle yet constant way. 
The forest is life to the people of the green country, and so supersedes all conflict and vying for power. Such is a truth born from practicality and experience, not the dusky ponderings of philosophers. The red summer marked an immense and unexpected change in the woodland kingdom. The Archibast bloodline, which had ruled the elfin lands for thousands of years, ended suddenly with the slaying of Duke Swart Archibast. The Archibast family had clung fervently to the human elements of their lineage and considered themselves superior among the folk of the wood. Though they too were part elfum, their fractious worldview was a source of frequent unrest within the elfin people. Duke Swart had several heirs, but they were no match for the Lannan tribe, who swept in upon his slaying at the hands of the green-taken fox, a folk hero to the foxes. The Lannans were an old family of the green country, tracing their lineage back as far as the stone carvings in Tashmere Hall. The Lannan bloodline was thoroughly muddied between human and elfum, which to them was a great source of pride and proof of their ancient roots in the green country. Long had they waited for a chance to overthrow the prejudiced reign of the Archibast family, and it seemed all of the green country welcomed this sea change, weary after countless years of violence. Yet none could have anticipated the uncanny romance that was to come between the new king, Nars Lannan, and his leaf queen, an affair that would change and bless the green country for ages to come. Their strange union instilled a hope and respect in all the peoples of the green country, foxes, faceself, and elfin alike. To receive the love and affection, let alone the simple acknowledgement of the leaf queen, was unheard of, and yet their love was real and their partnership was fruitful and transcendent. She, the queen of the forest itself, had taken a mortal elfin lover, and all the peoples of the green country could not but pay great respect to the miraculous nature of their joining. And so, on a late summer day, the people of the fox, Faisilf, and Elfin gathered in the great hall at Tashmere, and under the wise and steady gaze of their leaf queen, forged together a truce. Blood had watered the forest floor long enough. Now was to be a time of lasting peace, in service to those wise and ancient souls of the green country. Since that time, the Lannan family has held the throne in times of elfin rule. If you like what you just heard, be sure to visit www.thegreen.country for more great content, including beautiful illustrations, detailed character descriptions, and much more. The Green Country is also on Patreon, where a small monthly pledge will give you access to extra content, like an illustrated PDF of the story you just heard. Whether you back this project financially or simply share it with a friend, you can help this vibrant land continue to grow. Once more, that's www.thegreen.country. Thanks for listening!